For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and the Nuggets are now... Oh, wait, that's not the right banner. Whoopsie! Uh, This is the one. The Nuggets dominated the Heat once again. Final score of this one, 108-95 in Game 4 to take a 3-1 lead. In the NBA Finals. Like, how great does that feel? How awesome is that? That's just the best. Like, it's the best feeling. And I, I did my part, folks. I, I reverse jinxed the hell out of this one. And uh, I said, ain't no way that Denver can actually get this. Ain't no way. Like, you got two games in Miami. Party City. Like, got the Miami flu in between these two finals games. Like, nobody would have would have been surprised. Like Denver had a big game three win. Obviously, you're going to regress a little bit. No, no, they would never do that because this team is professional. This team is incredible. And they knew exactly what they needed to do in order to get this done. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn. Make sure to give this a like if you're watching along on YouTube. Uh, If you're listening in uh, the audio side of things, then Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on that end. Really helps share out the program. Uh, but this is so big. This is such a big deal for Nuggets fans. This is a big deal for the NBA. This is a big deal for the Nuggets organization. You can go on down the line. Oh, and by the way, Denver made a trade today. Like We'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. But uh, this is a whirlwind. This is an absolutely crazy time to be a Nuggets fan. And I keep saying that word and I keep meaning that word because think about where this team was a year ago. Think about what was going on where you were ousted in the first round. You never got to see Murray or Porter. You didn't have Bruce Brown or KCP or uh, Christian Brown or anybody like that. And the vision of this team was so open-ended. It was so unknown as to what would happen here. And for them to be able to turn this around over the course of a year, to turn this roster into a championship caliber roster, uh, full of talent, full of versatility, and full of players that can deliver on a night like tonight, that was super cool. That was just a a super cool thing to be a part of and a super cool thing to watch and cover. Uh, On this podcast, we're going to talk about Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, uh, a little bit of Michael Porter Jr., who I feel really bad about right now, really bad for right now. Uh, we'll talk about Murray and Jokic and, and all of these guys that are doing this crazy stuff. 
Uh, and we'll also talk about the Nuggets defense, which I think has really turned itself into a championship caliber unit. You allow 95 points and you're going to get some, you're going to get some credit. Now, this is the third highest total in four games that the Nuggets have allowed in the series. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. That's insane. Uh, but let's talk about Aaron Gordon. Actually, no, we're going to talk about Jokic here real quick. Not the story. We're, we're going to start with that. I think that's the most important piece of this. Jokic is always the story. He, he almost always is going to be the person at the center of everything for this team, doing whatever they need him to do. And, and Jokic has always been that guy, and he's always been willing to both kind of take up the mantle, but also step aside when needed. And it's not he stepped aside tonight. I think he was forcibly taken apart by, uh, by Scott Foster, uh, who uh, was the, the extender, uh, was the nickname that he's been given in terms of a playoff referee. He's trying to extend the series, tried to do so in Game 4, of the Lakers series following Tony Brothers in Game 3. Lo and behold, you got Tony Brothers in Game 3 and Scott Foster in Game 4 once again. Uh, two of the referees I think the Nuggets fans have the most issue with, and maybe not the organization, but I haven't really gone prying there, but Jokic gets into foul trouble, and you're wondering as a Nuggets fan, oh crap, what is going to happen now? He's got five fouls with nine minutes left to go in the game. This team has to survive. They have to get through this. And Miami goes on an immediate run. And it was, I think, like, what, 14 or so. And then it gets down to 6 or 8. And Michael Malone calls a timeout. Out of the timeout, Denver runs a couple of actions. And they get Murray free for a 3. And it was a deep 3. It was a contested 3, but it was a good look. And it was in rhythm. And he hit it. That's a big-time bucket. Uh, but the biggest story of this game, I think, was Aaron Gordon, who stepped up when Denver needed him to throughout the evening, was forceful and impactful in the first half, and then made his shots that he needed to make in the second half, too. Uh, Aaron Gordon was an absolute monster and deserves all of the credit for this particular time, for, for this particular moment. Game four is going to be the Aaron Gordon game. It might be the Bruce Brown step back three game, but it's also the Aaron Gordon game for sure. And to see him step up in this moment, have 27 points. Let me just pull up the rest of the numbers here. 27 points, six rebounds, six assists in 41 minutes. Get this. He was a plus 29 in a 13 point win that he played 41 minutes. That means that in the other, uh, Seven minutes that he didn't play tonight, the Nuggets were a minus 16. Uh, Christian Brown was a minus 17 in this game. We'll get to him in just a little bit. Uh, but Aaron Gordon picking up the slack, absolutely dominating when he needed to. But the most important shots that he hit were the threes. I, I firmly believe that a couple of them were in rhythm. One of them was not, and it was in front of the Miami bench, and he turns around and says something. And they're talking to him. They know that he's not a runoff. They know that he's not the guy that they have to really consider from three. And Aaron Gordon knows that too. And just like in the Lakers series, in game four of that series, he steps up on the road and hits three big threes. Great timing. Fantastic timing if you're Aaron Gordon. 
41 minutes tonight, as I said. 11 of 15 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. Two steals, played great defense once again on Jimmy Butler, although Jimmy still found a way to be his normally impactful self. Uh, but Denver's just, like, they're, they're playing great defense, and Aaron Gordon is captaining it out because you cannot do that. You cannot play this great defense without Aaron Gordon. He is the he's the linchpin. He's the guy who switches everywhere. He can guard your best your opposing team's best player, and he can also switch on to Bam. He can also switch on to Gabe Vincent. Like it doesn't matter who you need to switch him on to. He's capable of doing it and then some. And this was maybe his best all-around game in a Nuggets uniform. And I don't say that lightly because you think about the timing, you think about the situation, you think about the impact and what he had to go through, what the Nuggets had to accomplish, and how he had to do it without Nikola Jokic on the floor in the fourth quarter. That is what champions are made of. And Aaron Gordon, I think, over the course of this run has proven that he is a championship caliber player. And the Nuggets, they know what they have in AG. Uh, Nikola Jokic postgame said that he was thankful that Aaron Gordon was his teammate, that Aaron Gordon is a part of this team. And it's such a big deal coming from Nikola. Like, just so clutch, just so big for everything that he had to do. Um, Cedric, fun fact, Dallas Mavericks won the 2011 championship on June 12th. Game 5 is June 12th. That's going to be so big for us. Uh, no, Cedric, I think you're right. This is a, There are some similarities for sure. Uh, and against Miami as well. That's a that's a painful one if you're a Heat fan. But I mean, it's still got to get it done. Still got to do it. So I I, I don't want to get too far ahead of us. We'll talk about it in the third segment a bit. But AG just deserves so much credit for stepping up in this situation and doing what he had to do. That's just, just like all of these guys. Like this was what the game was about. It was about the others. It was not about Jokic and Murray this time. And it's so cool that Aaron Gordon gets to be a part of that, that he gets to kind of captain that uh, because he's really stepped up and, and been such a big deal for this Nuggets team uh, and, and has played such a pivotal role for this Nuggets team throughout these playoffs, even if it's not always front and center on the most important things that they've had. He's a piece. And just as Michael Porter has been a piece, just as uh, Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic are your stars, but everybody else around them has stepped up and had their own times throughout these playoffs, and and this was AG's time with a capital T, and just deserves so much credit. Just an absolute beast. Next, Bruce Brown, uh, and then we'll hit a break after that. I wanted to talk about AG and Bruce Brown in segment one, because they deserve it. They deserve front billing here. Jokic I wanted to talk about for the, the foul trouble reasons, because I do think that that affects the game. And I'll circle back around to him as well in terms of like the actual stuff that he did. He he had a stat line tonight that I think Tomer Azerly said, Oh yeah, it's never it's only been done by like Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, guys like that. Yeah, no, no big deal. Uh we'll we'll get to him in just a in just a second here, but Bruce was unbelievable. And his sense of timing and his willingness to be the bad guy on the road and talking crap and uh, getting into people and hitting the big time shots that quiet the crowd. He's an asshole. Like, just like Murray in a lot of ways, they're the best kind of asshole that you need on a championship team. And that's what you need from Bruce Brown. That's why you brought him in here. That's why you wanted him 
to be on your team in these clutch moments. He's a foxhole guy. Justice Murray and, and all these guys are foxhole guys for Denver. They've been in that way in different ways. And to see Bruce step up in that moment, 11 points in the fourth quarter, had 21 on the game. Uh, overall, just very, very impactful. And closed this game for Denver because he absolutely deserved to. Porter did not close. We'll get to him in the second segment, but Bruce Brown deserved it. <laughs> 21 points, 8 of 11 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 2 of 3 from the line, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Just a massively impactful game off the bench, and the timing of how he did it was so big. Denver only scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. Miami, Miami only scored 22 because Denver's defense has been legendary in this run. But Miami, 50% of the output that they had was matched by Bruce Brown. 11 out of 22. That's nuts. Like, that's just what... It's something that they're clearly not expecting. Like, they're always game planning for Jokic. They tried to take away Murray tonight. They're doing everything they can to make sure that Porter doesn't go off, and they're daring him to make shots, and he's not making them. And tonight it was AG and Bruce Brown. And Bruce Brown just stepping up in these moments, making these defensive plays, rotating over, not leaving an inch of airspace on the perimeter against Max Struess or Gabe Vincent or Kyle Lowry or guys like that. There's been nothing for those guys to get. And being able to do that on a consistent basis is really tough. And doing it in the NBA Finals is even even tougher, obviously. Uh, Bruce was built for it, though. And the three, I asked him today, and I, I don't know if you guys picked up on it on the broadcast, but I asked him post game about the three that he hit. And he, he basically said, yeah, I've worked on that. That's, that's something that I do. That's in my bag. And being able to break it out in the NBA finals to hit a pull up three to really help ice the game. That's so big. <laughs> Jokic also said, he was yelling at Bruce like he was he was so mad at him for taking that pull up three and then was so happy that it went in. Uh, but it's just it's not something that you expect from him. And he's always been a driver. He's always been a slasher. But his ability to shoot, make the clutch shots that he needs to and step up in the moment that he needs to as well. Take a bow, Bruce Brown. You've earned that contract. and You've earned the next one for sure, too. Like just so much. Like. <laughs> Uh, Casey says here, I'm going to miss Bruce Brown. You and me both, brother. Like He is gone. And it's not Denver's fault. Like Unless they can do some crazy cap logistics, Bruce Brown's going to be gone. And he's going to have earned his time. And he's going to be a Nuggets legend for doing everything that Denver asked them to do. And doing it with a smile on his face. Or an absolute furious smirk. Or, or growl. Or whatever. It was just super, super cool to be able to do, to be able to see it. Like he he embodies a lot of this Nuggets culture. He's really embraced it and been a part of it and elevated it in various ways, given them the swagger that they need to know that they're better than the other team. And and it's just been awesome to be able to see him grow in that regard. So Really good stuff. Uh, but tell you guys what, let's take another break or let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss um, the other players in the rotation, including Jamal, MPJ, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, and KCP. 
Uh, also, I'll, I'll circle back to Nicola for sure. Uh, but first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Bring that big bet energy with you this summer to Superbook Sports. They're the most trusted name in sports betting. And if you bet on Denver tonight, and I'm sure you cashed because they covered that spread and then some in this time around. Although I hope you didn't bet Jokic assist. I hope you did bet Murray assist. He's been killing it. We'll talk about that later. Uh, right now, you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter promo code MILEHIGH and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook. Gambling problem, folks? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the pod or like this and subscribe on the YouTube. I don't know if we're at 2K yet. Let me just go check here real quick to see if we've hit 2K. No, we are at 1.99K in terms of our subscriber count. We just crossed the 1,000 threshold on the videos. Let's see if we can get over 2,000 on the subscribers. Uh, I know that this is just going to keep growing, keep spiraling, and you're going to get a lot of Broncos coverage going forward here as well. So if you're interested in both sports, as well as all the other sports in uh, this uh, this network, then make sure to give this a like and make sure to subscribe to the channel. All right. I, I want to circle back to Yoke before I get to Murray here. Uh, let's just go over Yoke's stat line. 8 of 19 from the field in 36 minutes, did not play as many minutes as you would expect him to, but was a plus 9 in his 36 minutes. That means that in the non-Jokic minutes, 12 of them to be exact, the Nuggets were a plus 4. And Malone talked about the non-Jokic minutes in his presser today. All of the other guys have also talked about it, and I think AG gave a great answer on it, that they don't try to change what they do too much, but some of the places where they operate on the quarter a little bit different. They try switching a little bit more, and they use defense to be their offense. That's their identity when Jokic goes out, uh, goes off. And when Jokic is out there, when he's on the floor, they can always feel more comfortable about their half-court offense. Uh, but they, they didn't need that really today. They needed to be impactful with their defense. They only allowed 95. They didn't need that much from the offensive end. And they got what they did need. And they got it from Bruce Brown. They got it for Eric Gordon. Uh, but Jokic still, 23 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Uh, that's a crazy number. And to be able to do that, and he also shot 3 of 7 from 3, wasn't his most efficient game, 8 of 19. But I'm who cares? Like, it's the finals. You just have to get through it. And if this is the worst game that Jokic has, it, it's not really his worst game of the playoffs because he was still very impactful defensively and did a lot of great stuff. Um, but I don't know, hard to, hard to really argue. Like Bam Adebayo had eight turnovers. A lot of that was Joker. <laughs> a lot of it. Like, so 
Really good stuff from him, especially on the defensive end. Pretty funny, uh, just in general, that Jokic has been as good defensively as he has when we've got other defensive centers out there that have just completely crumbled against the Miami Heat for some reason. Like, And there's a lot of them. Like I could go down the list. You could go with any of the Boston guys. You could go with New York and Mitchell Robinson. You could go with Milwaukee and Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Last year, Joel Embiid crumbled against Miami because that's just that's just what Eastern Conference basketball is, I guess. Uh, Western Conference basketball, you have to really uh, really be tested. So pretty funny to see that, but it is what it is. Let's go to Jamal Murray now, though. Twelve assists to zero turnovers is nuts. Like it is really hard when teams are blitzing you to not turn the ball over. Like, Bam Adebayo was very aggressive on that end, trying to get the ball out of his hands, but also trying to force turnovers all night. And they were blitzing, they were hedging, they were doubling, they were uh, showing and then recovering. There was a lot of change-ups on the the coverages that they were throwing at Jamal. And they used size on him, they used quickness on him, they used a bunch of different things to try to get him rattled. And to be fair, he shot 5 of 17. It wasn't a good shooting night for him, and I I don't think that he handled things perfectly. There were definitely times where I thought he was pressing a little bit and could have been better on that front. He only got up three three three-pointers, too. Like, two of three from three is a big deal because he shot, that means he shot three of 14 from two-point range and and just needs to shoot better. There's no doubt in my mind that he needs to shoot better. But he still had 12 assists to zero turnovers in that situation, and it really set the table for everybody else to be successful. And you can see the impact. You can absolutely see it, where he's setting up Jokic in the pocket, where he's setting up Aaron Gordon on on threes and on cuts, where he's offloading to Bruce Brown and he's hitting threes. Uh, just And he, he even set the table, I think, for KCP on the final three that he hit. So there's just a lot here where Jamal has really grown in his game. It isn't always about scoring anymore, and it never was always about scoring. Like, he also found passing opportunities. He wasn't ever going to be, like, he's an elite scorer, but he wasn't ever going to be, like, scoring dominant. Like, he can bring other things to the table, and that's how he's going to be an all-star eventually. He's he's going to be a passer. He's going to be a creator for others, and he's going to find ways to create. Uh, And some of that is just passing. Some of that is just logging the assists and making sure that you're always getting those opportunities to your teammates to be able to be successful. And uh, He's been trying to set up Porter. He's been trying to set up a lot of guys, uh, including Christian Brown and Jeff Green and, and players like, I think he did set up Jeff Green for the 1-3 that he had. So had a lot of plays where you can point to Jamal and say, yeah, you were the catalyst for that. And the other guys still have to hit the shot. So the credit goes to them, of course, but like, in so many ways that we credit Nicola for setting the table for the rest of his team, it really felt like Jamal took on that burden tonight. It really felt like he set the table for the team and took as much of the attention that Nicola usually receives and just turned it into buckets for everybody. It was awesome. Um, Birdman Prodigy says, hand wound causing the shooting struggle. Maybe. I, I was thinking... Honestly, like when I was doing preparation for this game, I thought that going and dribbling to his left would be more of an issue. And because he lost the ball a couple of times, I don't think it was that that was the 
problem. I think maybe, maybe, I mean, we don't, we don't know. I, I'll ask him at some point when he's, uh, hopefully celebrating with some champagne. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about it for sure. But I, I've got to imagine that it was more so just the way that Miami was bothering him. I credit to them. Like they, they sold out to try to guard Jamal and it nearly worked, but. Uh, Denver had other guys that really stepped up and, and were able to take the burden off of him in a lot of ways. So uh, I don't think it was the hand, but you never know. Like maybe, maybe so. Uh, and Cedric Jamal's ear infection is fully healed. Like nothing, nothing major there. Uh, just uh, took took some time, and but that was a couple weeks ago. Um, let's go to MPJ. MPJ had a rough game from a shooting perspective. 4 of 10 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, 3 of 4 from the line. And, and he struggled to make an all-around impact. Uh, it wasn't like... I don't know. Like, I don't want to put too much on him because he is clearly, clearly going through it from a shooting perspective. This is the longest slump that I think he's ever been a part of. Outside of, uh, there was one time during the 2020-21 season where... He went on a road trip and went to Boston and shot over in that particular game and uh, just just looked like he was very bothered from a shooting perspective and needed to rediscover how to do it. Uh, but for the most part, I thought that he played okay. I, I didn't think that it was a bad game from him by any stretch. I thought it was more just, hey, you're missing shots. How can you find other ways to be impactful? And he made four baskets tonight and, and went three or four from the line. A lot of that was on cuts. It was just cutting so hard to the rim. And I'm surprised that he didn't get any, or he wasn't credited with any offensive rebounds. Denver had five offensive rebounds in this game. And they won by 13. That's insane. (laughs) Probably helps to shoot 14 of 28 from three. I'm just looking at that right now. Good Lord. Uh, But uh, Porter's really the only guy that's, that's kind of struggling from three. He was the only guy to not make a three tonight outside of, uh, Christian Brown, who didn't take one. Uh, so everybody else is really getting in on this party from distance, and, and it's it's taken Porter a little bit to get there. I don't think that he was bad. I think he's just rattled from a three-point perspective. Everything else felt pretty good. Everything else felt like, okay, uh, other than a couple of the misses right at the beginning of the game where he, he just short-armed a couple of uh, push shots around the rim. But it still felt like he's a part of it, just didn't close. And I, I think it was the right call, obviously, by Malone. Bruce Brown closed in that situation and helped win Denver the game. Um, but there is a part of me, and, and I mean, we're going to reverse jinx this. So this is definitely not going to happen. Not It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, but there is a part of me that thinks that he could really go off in game five and be the difference maker in a blowout. Like, it's not going to happen. Let me just be clear. It's not going to happen. But, but it, I mean, if it did, then that would be super cool. It would be super cool if he, if he did and everybody got behind him and everybody cheered and he got to smile for once about some of the success that he's personally having as opposed to the success that the team is having. But would be really cool, though it's definitely not going to happen. So uh, we will we will see on that front on Monday, but uh, still great to see him uh, up and smiling with the bench and cheering everybody on. It's obviously not about him. It's more about the team in this situation. And he's just going through the growing pains. And, and hopefully hopefully he gets to reap the benefit of that in this next one. 
uh, at home in front of a friendly crowd. Hopefully a friendly crowd. I thought Christian Brown tonight played really great defense. I thought that this was once again a really great defensive game from him. And I am hopeful that that continues when you go back home. Uh, the defense for him is, is definitely traveled. I, I feel like he's one of those guys that you just don't have to worry about his mentality. And that's such a rare thing with rookies, of course, that uh, you never know what you're going to fully get from these guys. Uh, Denver got a master class from Christian Brown in game three, and then he was a minus 17 tonight. So it's not like, I don't, I don't know how to really contextualize it because I don't think it was necessarily on him that they were minus 17. He just wasn't really a part of it. And they just happened to go on major runs when he was off the courts and also didn't share as many minutes with Aaron Gordon as many other guys. But look, it is what it is. I thought that some of the, the Christian Brown bad, like plus minus came from Jeff Green. Uh, and, and we'll talk about him in just a bit. But look, Christian, just one point. He's got to make the other free throw. If you, if you go to the line twice, you have to make both. Ending the basketball game with one point, it's it's so uh, visually una- unappeasing. Like, uh, aesthetically displeasing. Is that the word I'm trying to look for? Yeah, it's late, guys. Sorry, it's 2 o'clock. Um, but one rebound, one steal, one block. Still getting involved on the defensive end, chasing around guys like Duncan Robinson and doing everything he can to prevent those easier shots. Uh, Miami still found ways, and, and Gabe Vincent, Max Drew still found ways, but uh, no, they, they, they didn't find ways. They were the guys that actually struggled. Duncan Robinson was pretty good. Cody Martin went one of two. Kyle Lowry, though, went one of four. Uh, so Denver, they're, they're benefiting a little bit from a Miami Heat shooting regression on their home floor. That's cool. Like that, I didn't expect that to happen, that's for sure, but... Uh, Christian Brown has been a part of that. The entire Nuggets defense gets to take credit for that for sure because I mean, that's that's what they've done. That's how great they've been. So Christian deserves some credit for sure, and I am hopeful that he just continues to stay in the moments and continue to play as aggressive of defense as he possibly can and run every single time. You want to try to run Miami off the floor. Going back to altitude, they're not going to be as physically prepared as they were for Game 2. We will see what it actually what actually happens. So, should be good. Um, oh, Cedric says Miami has lost all home games since the Celtics near comeback. By the way, yikes! That's that's uh, that's what I I didn't. Maybe that's why the Miami crowd was dead. It's because they've only seen losses. <laughs> that's that's kind of wild to think about. By the way, um, all right. Well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's a part of. It. I didn't really talk about KCP. He KCP had a good play uh, right at the end of the not right at the end, but like two minutes left in the fourth. Basically closes out the game with a clutch three in transition. I think it was Jamal who set him up, uh, and he got to take his time with the shots, set set it up, hit it, and you could feel the energy in the basketball from the arena. Like it just you knew that that was the kill shot from the moment it left his hand. And it was really cool that he got to see that go in. Two of five from three tonight. Those are the only five shots that he attempted. But as you know, KCP is fantastic. Three steals and two blocks. I mean, he's been a, an amazing defensive force. And there were a couple of plays that he had back-to-back against Jimmy and Bam. I realize that this is on the the Jeff Green title card, so my apologies here. But um, KCP back-to-back defensive stops 
against Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo when Jokic was off the floor. And those were so big because you know that they were just trying to bully him a little bit. And KCB had been bullied a little bit earlier on, earlier on in that game and earlier in the series by Jimmy Butler, who's just a bigger player. Uh, Jimmy still had success with him, but in that moment, he did not. In that moment, KCP got what he needed to get and made the plays that he needed to make. Uh, championship caliber plays in the fourth quarter and deserves some credit for sure. Uh, but as I mentioned, Jeff Green, one of one from three, one of one from the field. Those were, That was the only shot that he took. But the great news is that Jeff did not need to warm up in order to take that shot. He didn't need a couple of shots to get into the flow. The Nuggets knew that they needed him for that left corner three. And he set up after Jamal drove the lane and then drew his man in from the strong side. Jeff Green gets the kick out, hits the three in rhythm. Very, very big deal. Um, I don't want to get too deep into the fact that some of the other defensive plays that he had were horrible in this game. There were definitely some, like he was probably Denver's worst defender tonight. I, I do think that that's at least a fair question on that front. Made a lot of defensive breakdowns that that will probably show up on film, especially in that second quarter. But I mean, look, it was one stint, willing to forgive it. He'll be back in the rotation again in game five, and he deserves to be in the rotation. He made big plays and was way better in the second half than he was in the first. And that's just kind of what veterans are about. Like, sometimes you just got to you just got to table it. You have to compartmentalize. And he didn't play well in the first half, played better in the second half. But he did miss a rebound, though, and I was I was pretty frustrated. And I was looking at Matt Moore. But immediately when he hit that three, Matt Moore, uh, from the row in front of me, turns around, stands up, and stares me down. And it's like, come on, man. I, I was about to say something nice about him anyway, but now I have to. And uh, the Jeff Green with the threes in place of the E's because I'm so cool, so, so hit. Uh, but no, it was good to see from Jeff, and, and he absolutely deserves this moment, too. Like, uh, it's been a long time coming for Jeff Green's career, and very, very timely for sure. And, I mean, that's that's just the best thing about Jeff Green's threes, is you're not going to see a bunch of them, but they, they're going to hit you at the right time, that's for sure. And... I think we're seeing that in the comments here as well. Lots of lots of comments sharing that sentiment for sure. All right, tell you what, let's take one more break. When we come back, we are going to wrap up as the Nuggets are up 3-1 in the NBA Finals. But first, let me give this message to you from Sandy and Sean. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the pod. Give this a like. Go subscribe to the YouTube. It does help me out a bunch. Um, all right. Got one more. Got one freaking more. NBA Finals has been amazing. Uh, just as, I mean, it's, it's actually not what I fully expected. I expected it to be less business-like for me. I thought it would be a little bit more emotional than it has been. I, I felt a couple of those moments in Game 1, Game 2, but Game 3, Game 4 felt more of like, hey, this is winning time. This is the time where Denver has to show up, put up or shut up, and I, I was all about it. I was ready for it. I was a little bit nervous before Game 3, but not really. 
Uh, game four, I didn't feel that many nerves. Uh, it just wasn't at the forefront. Like, I, I, Denver's faced this before. They've faced adversity before, and they've conquered it. There's no reason why they can't do it here. They're, they're the better team, and we're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, but now up 3-1 in the NBA Finals. You've never seen this before, and I know Nuggets fans are feeling it too. Nuggets fans are so excited. It's It's been really cool. I've had a lot of people reach out to me. I've had a lot of people talk to me about this and getting texts left and, left and right from people who know that I do this, whether it's family members or friends or whoever. But all of the sentiment is just excitement. It's just something where people are coming out of the woodwork and they're just happy. They're just really, really happy about this moment because it's never something that the city of Denver has ever been able to share before with regard to basketball. Like you've seen it with football, you've seen it with baseball, to I mean, not to this full extent. Like Rocktober was amazing back in two thousand seven, uh, and I, I remember that I was, I was ten years old, and that, that was a, a foundational part of of why I was a baseball fan and why I played baseball up through high school. But, uh, and then NFL, like NFL, of course, and and NHL, like you you got to see this ride with the Colorado Avalanche, Avalanche last year, and it was very very cool. But with the NBA, it's a little bit different because they've been around just as long as the Broncos. Like the Rockies and the Avs, they started up a little bit later uh, and then either like had very quick success or have never really given their fans that much reason to believe in them in the first place uh, if you're the Rockies. But the Nuggets now have gone through so many iterations where it just feels like this is the one. It feels like it. And now that you're up 3-1 in the NBA Finals, I think everybody can taste it. Everybody can feel it. Everybody can sense it. And and I felt like this team could do it. I felt like they could cash those checks, but I didn't know it. And, and there was a lot of questions until these playoffs and until like you, you got to see them for the first time. And my biggest takeaway from these playoffs now is that the defense is legit, and I did not expect it. How could anybody have expected the defense to be this good, stepping up in this way? Uh, They've done exactly what they needed to do. And the great thing about this team that we saw over the regular season was that they were adaptable. They didn't always have to win with offense. They could win with defense, too. I think a lot of people missed that when they were predicting who could win the title. Denver showed that they could step up and solve problems on the defensive end, whether it was against Memphis or Golden State or Phoenix. They didn't, I mean, they didn't play Phoenix at full strength uh, during the regular season, but they showed it in the playoffs. Uh, and th- there were a bunch of other teams that, like, you see what they did against top competition, whether it was Boston or the Clippers or Milwaukee or Philly. Uh, not really Philly. That's a different story there, but... It has always felt like Denver could get to a level where their defense was good. But I didn't know if they could get to a level where their defense was great. And it is great. It has been fantastic in these playoffs. And they deserve so much credit. Michael Malone deserves a ton of credit for keeping on them about how important this defense was. And Calvin Booth deserves a ton of credit for bringing in the veterans that were able to carry that message for him. because. A lot of times, like Michael Malone's been delivering the same message a long, long time. It's not always on like 
the sender to make sure the message is read, but that's a big part of communication here. And for Malone, like, him to have the medium of those veterans, like, to be able to relay that message and to instill that belief that defense was so, so important, it's a big deal. And Calvin Booth deserves that credit for sure. Uh, just an absolutely massive offseason for Denver and uh, just a, a really, really cool moment for them to be able to have, like, 93 points in Game 1, 94 points in Game 3, 95 points in Game 5, or Game 4. They were slacking tonight, allowing 95. Come on now. But, I know the defense has been awesome. Three Munders, three of them. Like, can you believe it? Like, the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, who have been criticized ad nauseum for not having any rim protection, for not having any, like, real defense, and they're going to back their way into a title, and people are still not going to give them credit for the defense. It's insane. But they've done it. They, they've absolutely done it. I think this was the game where Miami found out that they were worse. I think that for sure, for sure, you could say like, Miami had the belief. Miami knew that they could come back. And, and they've been in sticky situations before. But when you're down 2-1, you need your best effort at home because you know you have to go on the road. And I thought the Miami gave great effort. I thought that they were competitive. I thought that they tried everything in this game. And nothing that they did stuck because they couldn't hit the shots that they needed to hit. And the Nuggets were contesting those shots as well as they possibly could. And then delivering on the other end, even when Jokic wasn't the center of everything. It was super cool. and. You hear that from, I don't remember who said it initially, but there was a broadcaster who, it, maybe it was Jay Williams on uh, ESPN. It's like, there's always this moments where one team in a series finds out that they are the better or worse team than the other. And sometimes those things happen at the same time. Sometimes it's a little bit delayed. Sometimes the team has a little bit of false hope. And then there's a realization later. Uh, but. I think that for Denver, they knew that they were the best team. And I think that it was confirmed to them at Game 3. I think that Miami, they were holding out hope. But it was Game 4. It was tonight that they realized, wow, we are not as good. It doesn't matter what we like. did a great job against Nikola Jokic. He wasn't perfect. Did a great job against Murray. He was 5 of 17. And it did not matter. Michael Porter Jr., their most dangerous shooter, was 0 of 3 from 3. It didn't matter because Denver had other guys that could step up and make those plays. And it didn't matter because Denver had the defense that even when the offense wasn't showing up, the defense would. And they are such a versatile team. They are such a potent team. They are such a competitive and dominant team now that it does not matter what the Miami Heat do at all. They're going to be like, they're going to lose. They're going to lose this series. Knock on wood. Let me just knock on that. I don't know if I did it, but because I'm wearing these headphones, but we will see. Um, what is this spamming going on in the chat? Um, I feel pretty strongly that Miami knows this. But Miami is, is fully understanding this, and they know 
what this process is like. They know what this process means. And they've done a great job of becoming the zombie heat for a while against a lot of these teams. But you have to go back to the regular season a little bit and realize, okay, when their shooting isn't amazing, they are not this amazing juggernaut, which they've shown in order to become the Eastern Conference champion. They got hot, and none of the other teams in the NBA knew how to deal with it. Denver was able to deal with it. They were able to make it work, and they were able to cut off their water in a lot of different ways. And whether it was Jimmy, whether it was Gabe Vincent, whether like Caleb Martin, whoever. Uh, I am extremely happy that Denver has been able to show this to the world because they, they've earned this through all the hard work that they've had to do. One went away, and you get to do it at home if you if you want to. Uh, you get three chances now. You don't want three chances, though. You want to do it on the first one. Because if you leave it and you lose a game at home, game five, then you're going to be frustrated. You are going to be annoyed. And then you've got to go back onto the road to a raucous arena in Miami again. And then if you lose that one, then it's game seven and anything can happen. Uh, there have also been several 3-1 comebacks over the course of these last eight years. So this can happen if Denver loses. Like, I mean, they, they can still lose this series. I don't want to like get too far ahead of myself. I think that they can still lose. Do I think that that's going to happen? No, I don't. I think that Denver's mature enough to be able to do this. But that's why you can't count your chickens. You have to make it work. You have to do it. It is a requirement that you focus up, that you don't let the talk get to you, that you don't let, uh, I think uh, Cosmic said here, losing game two is the best thing to happen to the Nuggets. I think that's a great point. I really do. I think that they absolutely needed a wake-up call, and they thought that they were awesome, and they are awesome. But they needed to be reminded how they're awesome and that it doesn't just happen by accident. Denver has to work at it. And it's not always going to be perfect, even if you are awesome. You got to show it. You got to show how much talent you have with all of your guys over the course of these last two games. But it came with elite defense to go with it and discipline and ferocity and poise and focus and all of the traits to help get you there in the first place. Uh, so I, I agree, Cosmics. I think that's a great point. And I do think that Denver ends up getting it done. But they've still got to get it done. Like, the job is not finished, as Kobe Bryant would say. Job's not finished. Denver's still got to do it. I hope that Michael Porter gets to have his moment, too. That would be really, really cool. Uh, but this is going to be very interesting over these next two days, what the messaging is going to be, what the conversation is going to be. Can Denver take care of this, or does Miami get a little bit healthier? How does Nikola Jokic's ankle look? Uh, what does Denver do uh, to get Michael Porter going? There's going to be a lot. We are going to see what happens, but I'm looking forward to being able to experience whatever it is at Game 5. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Denver, Like this is this is for you. This is... This is what this is all about, and we have plenty of opportunity to do so. So, Michael, can you get that outro music for me? Everybody, 
That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. It is 2.20 in the morning here on the East Coast. I am going to go to bed. Uh, I'm supposed to write a story. That's probably going to happen, but we will see. I've got a noon flight Eastern tomorrow as well, so that's, uh, that is less than 10 hours away. Uh, lots of stuff to get to now, but everybody, enjoy your weekend. I will not podcast tomorrow, but I will be back on Sunday with a Weekends with Swipa episode. We got a lot to talk about. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, hit that like button and subscribe button on the way out. We'll talk to you guys very soon.